listening to episode 12 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, creativity, social media, feminism, and of course, self-care. We're putting women at the center of our media and behind the creation of it my story included, and today I'm sharing some personal thoughts on why I no longer call myself a mental health advocate. This was not the episode that I had planned for today, but it's something that was really on my mind a lot this week and has been a lot lately, and so I wanted to record this episode and post it while it's on my mind probably not going to be the most refined episode, um, but it's going to be real. So let's get into it. For three years, mental health advocacy was basically my life. I sat on a national youth council to inform decisions around a $25 million funding project for mental health services. I co-founded a startup with the sole intent to raise awareness for mental illness I volunteered at mental health organizations, I spoke across North America at college campuses and girl guide conferences and massive stages like We Day to tens of thousands of people. And the reason for all of that was because I personally had experienced mental health challenges. When I was in university, I struggled with an eating disorder, with depression, and have continued to struggle with anxiety and my mental health kind of since recovery, Um, but it all came from a really personal place. And a few months ago, I got pretty burnt out, both from the startup world, but also from mental health advocacy. The mental health world has evolved a lot in just the past four years. Four years ago, no one was even really talking about mental health, and Bell was just starting to spearhead things like the hashtag Bell Let's Talk Day. Self-care wasn't even really a mainstream buzzword yet. I didn't even really know what self-care was at that point. Anyways, I'm incredibly grateful that mental health is finally visible. And I think one of the reasons that I felt comfortable walking away from full-time advocacy was that I felt like I wasn't as strongly needed in the community as it was when I first got into this space. Almost everybody in my circles, whether I know them from high school or college or work outside of mental health, is talking about mental health. I've had conversations with people I would never have expected to open up about this stuff, share really personal things with me once those barriers are down because it is more accepted to just talk about it now. That said, obviously there's a ton of work that still needs to be done, uh, particularly for communities of color and around access to services, but the quote-unquote stigma piece is, in my opinion, no longer the main issue. It's the policy and the services that need changing. And I personally don't feel like I'm the right person or have the right expertise or are in the right place to push those specific things forward as an activist. And so a lot of it comes down to the quote-unquote mental health community and how things have evolved over the past four years within that community. 
Instagram has been a big hub for activists and just people that are struggling and in recovery in general um, to gather, to share stories. These communities are one of the reasons why my work as an advocate was so fulfilling. When you meet someone online or start following an influencer who looks like you, has experiences like you, is honest about what they've gone through, and is going through similar challenges as you, it's a breath of fresh air because you feel less alone. Mental illness can be so isolating and the online mental health and recovery communities are there to combat that and to remind people that you're truly not alone in whatever you're going through, no matter how alone you feel in those moments. But as the sphere of awareness has evolved and expanded, I've seen the mental health community, particularly the online community, take a toll on a number of advocates. When I first started sharing my story online, I remember the rush of empowerment. People within the community reaching out and patting me on the back for being open and sharing my story. Kind of like at school when you join a new club and the first meeting is a little bit intimidating, but... It turns out to be super welcoming and everybody is really nice and just has similar interests as you. It's a great feeling to discover other people who get it. But then after a while, in my case, after three years, I started feeling a little less welcoming vibe online. Whenever I shared my thoughts or aspects of my story in a post, I started getting criticism. Across the board, some of my best friends and my favorite advocates whom I'd looked up to, spoken with, hosted events with, were getting a lot of the same feedback or criticism. You see, it's no longer enough to just share a piece of who you are as an advocate and be open, because mental illness is now a widespread and mainstream topic, a lot of responsibility has been thrust on advocates in the space who have been doing this since before everybody was talking about mental health. It's funny to me now because now more than ever, I feel like I understand my own illness and my own experiences. When I first started advocacy work, I was still very much in the depths of my eating disorder and all of the mental and emotional symptoms that come along with that. But now that I'm on the other end, more or less recovered and a solid couple years away from those experiences, I can look at them in retrospect. But because of that, I feel like my experiences are also kind of discredited, as if because I am no longer sick, I can no longer speak on behalf of that feeling. And I get it because when you are in it, it feels like nobody understands you. Like nobody except those who are also in it could possibly get what you're going through in that moment. I felt that way too. I was stubborn and I was in denial and I felt that way about professionals that were trying to help me. I felt that way about people who had gone through similar things and tried to give me advice. I didn't want to hear it. Whether you're struggling with an eating disorder or depression or an addiction, your illness doesn't want to hear those things because your illness doesn't want you to get better. 
If you do, the illness dies, and like a parasite, it thrives off of breaking you down. So the longer you take to reach out, the more hesitant you are to talk, the more people you push away, the more your illness wins. And so I understand why now, when I share my experiences in retrospect, they're pushed away sometimes by people who are experiencing those things in the now. But the overall trend of what I've really been seeing happening within the online mental health community is not so much people in the depths of an experience speaking out about something that may be triggering them or that they disagree with. What I'm seeing more of is people who pick apart and criticize what you say at the thought of protecting someone else because they want to be good and they want to be an inclusive advocate. For example, a couple months ago, I shared a photo of me drinking a fruit smoothie, and in the caption, I talked about my own recovery from anorexia and how I went from essentially eating nothing to eating fast food for every meal because it was an easy transition to food. But after a month or so of putting junk food nonstop into my body, I felt worse than I had before. And so I had to full-on relearn my relationship with food again. I had to relearn what was nutritious for my body, what foods could fuel me, and how to eat better so that I could feel energized and happy and focused every day instead of feeling like a blob. (laughs) Of course, this was my personal experience, and what I wished for my younger self was the knowledge and the tools to have a smoother transition rather than going from one extreme to the other. So back to my post. I posted on Instagram this photo of me drinking a smoothie and talking about my experience during recovery. And almost immediately, I had people commenting and messaging me in my DMs about how harmful it could be to someone struggling with an eating disorder that I was labeling certain food as healthy versus unhealthy. None of the people that reached out to me were sharing this because it had triggered or bothered them, but rather every single person was trying to correct me and the way I shared my story because they said, what if somebody was in the midst of struggling right now and read your post and they started labeling food as healthy or unhealthy? Honestly, I was kind of taken aback because what I always loved about the mental health community was how welcoming it was to everybody's story, how understanding people were to different experiences, and how judgment-free the community was when I entered it. But fast forward, and I've had dozens of experiences this year where I no longer feel safe to share my story, and I no longer feel safe to share parts of my experiences, what's worked for me, what hasn't worked for me, how I felt in recovery, all of those personal facets of my story, because every time I do, there's someone online criticizing parts of myself and parts of how I shared it because it wasn't necessarily the quote-unquote right way to do it as an advocate. The mental health community, in my opinion, is no longer all-inclusive, all-welcoming, and judgment-free unless you say things the way that they want you to say them as an advocate. And that's why I no longer call myself a mental health advocate. What really prompted me to want to share this, to record and, you know, share this today instead of sharing the episode that I had planned 
was something that happened earlier this week that made all of this really fresh in my mind again. I was watching a video of an influencer I really love sharing a really raw and unedited update on her life and her thoughts on love and finding self-love. And in it, she said, all anxiety is, is not trusting the universe. That quote resonated with me so much. It was just exactly what I needed to hear in that moment because I had been struggling with different anxious feelings around work and finances and just everything that had been happening in my life. So I posted the quote on my Instagram story and within 10 minutes, I had someone messaging me saying, what the F, I hope this is a joke. And before I even had a chance to answer, she went off on me saying how harmful it was that I would post something like that, that I should never reduce anxiety to a positive thinking quote and quote unquote, do you even think before you post? My immediate response was that I was sorry, and I spent 10 minutes conversing with her about how that quote had really resonated with me personally, and how I experience anxiety, and that it provided a lot of comfort for me to look at anxiety from that perspective. But she continued saying that she wasn't upset, but rather incredulous at me, that I had young, impressionable followers who might not have the media literacy to take that quote at face value. And she ended by telling me that I have a responsibility to my followers, end of story. So I stopped replying to her. (laughs) I ended up apologizing on my Instagram story and sitting on my phone for 30 minutes, crying and feeling like a shitty person for sharing a quote that had personally inspired me. That's what it's like to be a mental health advocate now. Despite the 10 people messaging me saying, thank you for posting that quote, it really resonated with me, I really needed this today, that one person who was trying to be a good mental health advocate completely got under my skin and made me question everything. What I find ironic about all of this is that self-love is a huge element in mental health advocacy. We preach taking care of ourselves first before anything else. But when your own self-care and self-love, for example, eating healthy or having faith or posting a quote on Instagram, contradicts in the slightest what the group thinks says, your self-love is no longer valid. And that's really sad to me. I see this within the feminist community as well, really just general social justice and activism communities. They're inclusive, but only when you fit the mold of either the perfect sob story or the perfect scripted advocate. And if you misstep, which we all do because we're only human, then you're criticized. And particularly if you have a large following or are in any means considered an influencer, even when you're doing good, you're doing something wrong. You can never please everybody and... The internet is not always a nice place. I value critical thinking a lot, and if there's one thing I could hope for people to take away from this episode, it's to think critically about your activism and your advocacy. Why are you doing it? For whom? Do you say things because you truly believe them or because you think it will make you a better advocate? Do you ever look at things from the perspective of the person that you disagree with? 
If you disagree with someone, how are you letting them know? Are you attacking them personally with swear words and disappointment and thrusting responsibility on people who didn't necessarily ask for it and at the end of the day are just humans like you? (laughs) Are you educating people? Are you sharing why you disagree with something? If it's a personal opinion or an experience, can you accept that other people have different opinions based on their experiences and yours might not be right? And finally, if you're criticizing someone's politics or advocacy, I hope that you're also open to them defending their positions and open to listening on why they hold those opinions in the first place. People share things that are personal to them. We can all only speak from our personal experiences. I will never claim to speak on behalf of everybody, and I can never speak on behalf of everybody who's ever struggled with the same things that I've struggled with. I only claim to be myself and I only claim to speak my truth and speak from my experiences and I hope that others do the same. I think that call-out culture is not effective, but conversations, on the other hand, are if you're willing to listen to other people's experiences and if you're willing to share your own. I know this was a bit of a loaded episode. I haven't even really listened through the whole thing because I am just full of emotions today. I'm having a bit of an emotional hangover, which I don't know if that's a coin. I don't know if that's a term that I just coined or if I heard it somewhere. Um, but it's essentially when you have like a really great day or a really great week, and then you're so high from that week that when it ends, you feel really really low. So it's kind of like when you go out, you get really drunk, and you have a lot of fun, and then the next day you feel super hungover. It's like that, but with your mental health and your emotions. (laughs) So I'm having a bit of an emotional hangover today because I had a really great day yesterday. It's been a really great weekend. And today all of this kind of hit me again and I just felt like I needed to get it off my chest and share it. So I hope you get something out of this. If if nothing else, you know, be kind to people online. If you disagree with people, that's okay, and I hope that people do disagree with me because if everybody agrees with you, if everybody likes what you're doing, it probably means you're not doing anything meaningful. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone. Mm-hmm.